Hey Anthem, Bert here again for the third bonus pod coming after Alpha Sunday. So if you've been tracking with us, uh, we did Alpha Sunday where we unpacked Jesus' heart for the lost and, and how we're also engaging in the lost in our city. And then what I wanted to do is actually take a few bonus episodes of our podcast just to explain a little bit further how we're approaching Alpha, how we're approaching the lost, like what our outward focus as a church looks like. So in the first episode, we're just talking around why we would do something like Alpha and recognizing that the tools in our toolbox are not working anymore, that culture is evangelizing and discipling us and the people around us. And one of the ways we can encounter, we can create a space for people to encounter faith and encounter Jesus is by meeting them where they are at. That was the first bonus pod. The second one was really unpacking what is Alpha. And so the first bit, if you've been a part of Alpha before, it's just a bit of a reminder, a recap of what we're trying to do on the night. Um, but also we shared two really unique ways that we are approaching Alpha differently as a result of our learned experience and friends that are doing Alpha that are just a few years ahead of us. So why Alpha, what and how we're doing Alpha. And today and in this episode of the podcast, I want to tell you and, and, and share with you how you can be involved. And uh, to help guide uh, the next few minutes, I want to take you to the text. And so if you do have a Bible, if you're in a spot where you can take out your Bible and open it, go to Matthew chapter 9. If not, I'll read it for you. Uh, but Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is walking around. He's teaching uh, in the synagogues. He's teaching out in the streets. He's healing people, casting out demons. And Matthew says this in verse 35. Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. So... Amazing things are happening. And what happens next in verse 36 is Jesus sees the crowds. He says, when he saw the crowds, Matthew records, and the crowds is like code for onlookers, those who had yet to make a decision to follow Jesus. So it's those who may have been seeing or hearing about Jesus and are pseudo following him, not actually following him with their lives, but maybe following him around the area and wondering what he's going to do next. Maybe their friend got healed and they're thinking, man, if he healed Bob from leprosy, maybe I'll check out what this Jesus guy is up to. Or man, he cast a demon out of my wife. I'm super interested in what this Jesus has to say. And so he's got this crowds and crowds are not only onlookers, but it's meant uh, to provoke in us like a, a picture of huge amounts of people who are not yet following Jesus, but are interested, curious, and are kind of in proximity to Jesus. When he saw the crowds, the text says, he had compassion for them. His overwhelming and primary emotion and posture towards the crowds are compassion. Not anger, not, I don't know, expectancy, um, not uh, assuming they should be somewhere they're not, uh, not belittling them, uh, not assuming the worst of them, but actually having compassion for them. Because, the text says, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed, tormented, they were helpless, they couldn't do anything about it, and they're like sheep without a shepherd. What is a sheep without a shepherd like? What do shepherds do for sheep? They lead them to water. They lead them towards green pastures to eat. They lead them towards safe places to rest. They protect them from wolves. And so he sees the crowds as not only harassed and helpless, but, but in need of protection, in need of sustenance, in need of satisfaction, in need of places and moments to rest. 
They were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus had compassion for those who didn't know him because they're not being fed. They're not being sustained. They're being tormented. Wolves are ravaging them. They have no rest. They need a shepherd. Then he turns to his disciples, sees the crowds, his compassion for them, turns to his disciples and said, the harvest, meaning those who do not yet know him. So the harvest is in other words saying the crowds, right? It's all those who are, who are ready to receive the kingdom of God, but have not yet received the kingdom of God. The harvest is plentiful. This is a good thing, right? If you're a farmer, a plentiful harvest is a good thing. The two main things we grow here in Ventura County are avocados and strawberries. When the harvest is plentiful, it is a good thing. It means the farmer is making money. It means there's more variety and there's more inventory in the stores for us. It means everything is a little bit cheaper and everyone's well provided for. The harvest is plentiful. It is a good thing. If you create a piece of software or curriculum or an app and it's plentiful, it is out there, it is doing well, that is a good thing. But Jesus says the laborers are few. Meaning just because you have a good harvest doesn't mean you'll actually reap the harvest without help. If I own a hundred acre farm and I'm growing strawberries and the harvest is plentiful, that's a good thing. But it's only a good thing if I have people who can go out and join me in picking those strawberries. If I create this amazing piece of a curriculum and, and people are responding it, but there's no way for them to actually use it, then that harvest is wasted. The strawberries are wasted. The curriculum is wasted. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. There is so much opportunity, readiness, people ready to receive the kingdom of God, but not enough people to deliver the message, to reap the harvest. And this is his solution. And out of this one verse, verse 38, comes some different ways you and I can be engaged with the season of Alpha. He says, in verse 38, therefore, pray. Pray earnestly. The first and most important thing Jesus gives us to do when the laborers are few and the harvest is plentiful, when there are people ready to receive the gospel of the kingdom, is to pray. Do you believe prayer is the most powerful and effective evangelism tool there is? Do you believe there's power in prayer? Do you feel like, do you believe that prayer significantly changes reality? There's something I want to ask each and every person who's a part of our church to do. Pray. It's the most important way you can be a part of Alpha is to pray. Pray for our volunteers. Pray for the guests that are coming to Alpha. Pray for the nights. Pray for the food, the small group discussions. Pray for the launch night. Pray for the wrap party. Pray for the in-between times. Pray for every part and every aspect of Alpha because we believe Jesus when he says in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. We don't want to do Alpha apart from Jesus. We don't want to do church apart from Jesus. In fact, we can't do Alpha or church or anything apart from Jesus. So we want to pray and pray earnestly. That is why we have our 21-day prayer campaign. The three weeks leading up to Alpha Launch, our entire church is praying every day at 11.02. For those in our life, we want to explore faith for Alpha and for our city. We are praying. It's something we're all doing together as a church, and it's something that every person in our church can do to help with Alpha, is to pray. 
Jesus says it, and if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. He says, therefore, because the harvest is plentiful and the labors are few, pray earnestly. But not just pray earnestly. Our next biblical truth we get from this one verse is pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. And later at the very end, it's his harvest. The Lord of the harvest. It's his harvest. It's not your harvest. It's not my harvest. It's not Alpha's or Anthem's harvest. It's not Ventura's harvest. It is the Lord's harvest. There's this beautiful line in Acts chapter 18, and it's the story of kind of the the planting and creation of the Corinthian church, to which Paul writes a few letters to later on. And in Acts chapter 18, Jesus comes to Paul in a vision, and part of that vision for the Corinthian church, he says, I have many people in the city. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Do not be distracted because I have many people in the city. Don't become bogged down by all the opposition in the city, the spiritual, cultural, individual opposition in the city. Don't be bogged down by the culture around you and how it is not receptive to the gospel. Don't be bogged down by the persecution and the attacks and the rejections because Jesus says, I have many people in this city. What is God's heart for your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbor? They're his people. And as we pray And as we recognize that these are his people and he desires them all to be saved, we believe he has many people in Ventura. In Ventura, the city in Ventura County, he has many people. One of the ways we can partner with him in reaping that harvest is by praying. Now, the, the verse goes on. It says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. To what? To send out laborers into his harvest. So kind of two things here. Um, two ways you can be involved in light of this praying to send out laborers. The first is to actually invite. A huge component to Alpha is your invitation. Invite your friends. The next time you're with a friend, coworker, neighbor, ask them if they want to come alongside with you to Alpha. The best way to invite someone to Alpha is to sign up yourself and then to invite someone along with you. So your presence matters, but your invite matters as well. The majority of guests try Alpha for the first time because someone invites them. Something like 80% of Americans would show up at church if someone just invited them. But less than 2% of Christians actually invite. So, as we pray for the Lord to send out more laborers into his harvest, how do you feel about being the answer to your own prayer? Not in a, like, your God situation, is what we're talking about here. Uh, but as we pray for our friends who do not yet know Jesus and we want to explore faith, are you prepared to be the answer to your own prayer? What if, as you're praying for these people, God says to you, I want you to invite them. I want you to chat with them. I want you to talk with them. What if he, as you're praying for them, gives you loads of opportunities to do some life with them? How will you respond to that? Alpha is designed to be a space for all kinds of people to explore what they believe about life's big questions. And the only way our friends and family will actually get there is if we invite them along. There's so much power in a simple invitation, and it could change somebody's life. Worst case scenario, they say no. They say no thanks, not right now, they ignore you, whatever. The best case scenario is that they come, they encounter the risen Jesus, and their life is forever changed, both now and in the life to come. So take a moment right now and think about the people in your life who are not Christians, who do not follow Jesus. 
the people who you'd like to experience the love of God and the hope of Jesus Christ. Pick three people. Commit to praying for them. Pray that God would give you opportunity. And as God gives you opportunity, there are a couple of really simple ways to invite. There are countless ways to do it, but I want to share with you four really easy ones. And a few of them, guys, are just low-hanging fruit. Just the easiest opportunity to extend an invite. And the first one is the ultimate easiest, is to reshare what we post on social media about Alpha. Now, you guys know if you're part of Anthem, we actually don't do social media a lot. We don't do really well. It's kind of on purpose. But when we do Alpha, we do a lot of social media. So we do some paid ads. We do some kind of in, you know, inspirational things, some invitational things, some sharing. And so when you see that stuff, not only like it or comment on it, but actually share it. Reshare it. Repost it. Uh, please do that. It is the easiest possible way to spread awareness of Alpha and what we're doing here in the city. Your voice matters. Your social media account matters. And so when you see those things, be prepared to not only like them, comment on them, but share them. And actually share them so that people you may know would see it and maybe even ask you about it later. Uh, the, another really easy way is to just send a simple text message. Hey, I'm going to Alpha on Tuesday nights. Do you want to come with me? Are you coming to Alpha? Are you interested in Alpha? Hey, do you ever have questions about some of life's questions? Do you want to talk about them together? Do you want to talk about the deep things in life? Is, do you want to talk about faith beyond the things that we see, hear, touch, smell, whatever? You send a simple text. There's so much power and opportunity in a very simple text message that can get sent out. Uh, next is to give them a postcard. Uh, if, we, if, we, if you grab a postcard for Alpha for the launch night, the postcard kind of answers some questions, so you don't have to. You can say, hey, I'm going to this thing Alpha. Would you like to come with me? Here's a postcard. Here's the date, the time, the address, whatever. And the last way, the really simple way, is just invite them in person. Maybe you're super extra outgoing, extroverted, whatever. Maybe you just live in the coffee shops and breweries of our, of our city. And everyone wants to be friends with you and you want to be friends with them. Invite them along to Alpha with you. And even if you're not, maybe you're sitting across the table and maybe you're not an extrovert. You, know, you have a few close friendships and you're sitting across the table from them. And have them come along with you. Imagine, just for a moment... If every single person in our church, we got like 100, 120 people who call Anthem home. Imagine if every single person in our church invited someone to Alpha. Imagine what the in impact could be. And I think our default tendency is to assume somebody else will do it. And this is one of those areas that I really need to emphasize. Like, don't wait for someone else to do it. We need you to do it. Like, I'm inviting people too. Sherry's inviting people too. Like our leaders are inviting, everyone is inviting, everyone is playing a role. It could have a massive impact in this small and really achievable goal for us. And so to make the invite even more accessible, we're throwing a huge party on night one, our alpha launch night. And so even if you don't quite know or are not comfortable inviting people to eight weeks of an alpha course, you can invite them to the launch night, which I've already talked about in the previous pod. But it's going to be a huge party. It's going to be the best night of the week. And so as you're praying earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into his harvest, part of your role is going to be inviting the harvest in, going out into the harvest and inviting in. But the other way you can play a role here, so we've already talked about prayer, we've talked about invite, the other way you can play a role is to be on the team, and so we'll do more of this in the team training, but I'll just give you a really basic overview of the few of the teams we're building out over the next three weeks. 
Um, and part of the team here, uh, well, part of Alpha is just a matter of good hospitality. And we believe to put on good hospitality, we need 20 to 30 volunteers to help us with Alpha. And so that's not everyone in our church, obviously. Uh, and if everyone wanted to our, in our church wanted to play a role on the team, that's an amazing problem to have. But really, our goal is 20 to 30 people. We need a part of the Alpha team. And so a few of those teams we're building out are small group hosts. The host's primary role is to lead and facilitate the, gr the small group conversation, the small group discussion. And this role comes into play after the talk in the middle of the small group conversation. Groups are made out of about 10 to 15 people who are all in different stages of life. And the goal and primary role of the small group host is not to answer questions, but ask questions and just keep the conversation going in the group. Uh, and hosts desperately need another person in their group, which is a helper, the small group helper. And the main role of the helper is to support the host and just keep conversation going and fluid. Their main role is to come alongside the guests to make them feel welcome, comfortable, help with maybe any administrative needs in the group, uh, be a support to the host, and to be a listening ear. And maybe pick up conversation if it starts to kind of drop or if it kind of revolves around one person, they can steer it back to the group as a whole. Uh, the third team we're building out is the A-team or the administration team, uh, and the A-team helps with just all the logistics of Alpha. So anything from welcoming guests, registration, introducing them to small groups, helping with food, uh, helping with setup, teardown, atmosphere, decorating, whatever, There's a, that's a huge team we need some help with. We also need help on, for the welcome team, just people to be like a friendly, welcoming face uh, that are especially those first couple of nights that just help people feel at ease and get connected here. Uh, and we also need help with AV and tech. Um, because we're not asking everyone into one room to watch the film, but we're actually trying to get the film to every single group that's spread out around our small little campus here, um, we need some tech help. So if you're good with computers, audio, video, we need a few people to help us make that go off seamlessly. And finally, uh, which you know, once again, I shared the most important way you can be a part is we need a prayer team who are gonna to commit to praying for Alpha, praying for the guests, the volunteers, the night, the conversation regularly. Commit to praying regularly for each and every aspect of Alpha during those nine weeks. And so to help you, uh, we do our, uh, a few trainings coming up. And so we have two scheduled and we'll add a third if we need to. The first one coming up is this Sunday evening then the following Tuesday night, and then we'll schedule a third the following week if that is a need for our community. But those training nights are all around helping you prepare for Alpha well, and they are mandatory if you're part of the team because there's some vital information that helps you approach the night well and create good hospitality for those who are coming to Alpha. Now, the last way you can be involved, so pray, um, invite, be on the team. The last way you can be involved is by being present. This is a really interesting one because this is not something we really talk about too much on, on, uh, for a Sunday or for a community group, uh, but presence, your presence is important. And we believe your presence is a matter of good hospitality, uh, it's a matter of creating a good gospel culture, and it's a matter of creating a good first impression. So first, a good first impression, your presence here uh, creates a good first impression, not just because you're an awesome person, and we love for people to get to know you, uh, but if someone who is new, a guest shows up and they see a large group of people, their first impression is not, what is this creepy thing I found my way into? What is this kind of terrifying small, small group that I suddenly have to be a part of? What did I sign myself up for? But their first impression is like, oh, cool. 
there's a crowd here. Like, this thing must be worthwhile. Other people are here, so it must not be as weird as I have maybe previously thought it would be. There's a, a sense of social validation that we believe is really important for Alpha. So it's good first impression. It's also good hospitality um, because uh, with more people comes more opportunity for uh, kind of a larger presence, a larger greeting presence, welcoming presence, uh, more food, kind of more people to talk to. And it is just kind of one of those areas that help put people at ease. But it also creates a, a good uh, environment or culture of safety um, because we... Uh, we know that everyone engages differently in a group of people and some people may hang back for a little bit and not say as much and some people may want to jump right in and say a lot of things and one of the things that we've found is when there's a smaller group of people people feel pressured to say something or they feel awkward if they don't say something and so what that means is they cannot engage according to their own comfort and safety level they have to engage based on what the social pressure is of that moment so what we want to do is create a safe environment where people can engage to their safety level. And so if they need to hang back and kind of get lost in the crowd for a couple of weeks before they open up, we want that to be okay. And part of how we make that okay is by having a lot of people here. And so we kind of do want people to get lost in the crowd if that's what they're wanting, because that's how they'll feel safe, and that's how eventually be vulnerable enough to open up down the road. And so having a crowd here helps us not only with some social validation and first impression and create some good hospitality, but it helps us create a culture of safety. And so your presence, even if you cannot be a small group host or helper, help with some different aspect, your simple presence here helps create a good environment for those people who are far from from God, disconnected from the church, have no idea what this whole alpha things, feel at ease, comfortable, and safe to share as much or as little as they want to share. So four ways to be involved, four ways we are of sorts an answer to our own prayer to the Lord of the harvest, and four ways we can walk in obedience to what God has called us to. Pray, invite, be on the team, and be present here. Those are vital ways for each and every one of us to be involved. And so that's it for this pod. Thanks for sticking with me through uh, these three episodes so far, talking about why Alpha, what and how we're doing Alpha, and how you can be involved. Uh, I do hope that you deeply and prayerfully consider how you will be involved in Alpha. This is the primary way we are outward focused as a church. It is the primary way as an entire community that we are creating an environment for specifically for the lost. And there's some really vital ways we need you to play a role in. First and foremost, prayer, but also in your invitation, in your presence, and your presence on the team. We can't do this without you. And if you're a part of Anthem, you're a part of Alpha. So please consider how you will play your role with Alpha this season. And I hope that you not not only consider how you play a role, but God gives you vision, hope, optimism, and excitement for what might happen after the season of Alpha. So not only pray for your friends and, and pray about how you might be involved, but ask the Lord to give you a picture, a vision, a stirring for the kind of fruit that he will grow, the kind of harvest that he will send us out into this year through Alpha. See you soon.